Welcome to The Next Scene, the podcast where we take on pop culture one scene at a time. New episodes start on November 11 with our six-part coverage of Home Alone for the Holidays. Until then, please enjoy our return to previous holiday specials, starting with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days from 2017 with host Christopher Dennis DeGuardia and Pete Mummert. Some changes to our social media since this episode was recorded. We are still on Facebook at the Jelly of the Month Club, but you can now find us on Twitter at Next Scene Pod and on Instagram at Next Scene Podcast. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. I'll try to say that like you, Sean. This is the podcast where we discuss the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation one very special magical Christmas day at a time. I'm Pete Mummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. I'm Christopher DeGuardia from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. And I'm Sean German from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. <laughs> Days. I love how you do that. <laughs> that almost makes me like Christmas. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. But yeah, today we're going to be discussing the closing credits. That we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. my notes. Yeah. That's what I got. All right, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, my only note is for May Questel. What are you? What are you? What are you thinking of May? She was uh, Aunt Bethany. She was famous for being Olive Oil and Betty Boop for years and years and years. Like in the old... Did you guys bring that up on the show already? Yeah, yeah. yeah the... <laughs> I missed that day. We might have mentioned okay. it. Well, we it yeah, it's that. interesting because she, you know, back in the, the black and white days, but uh-huh. she was also in uh, Roger Rabbit as Betty oh, Boop. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm pretty. Oh, I think nice. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure nice. it's, it's in her IMDb. Yeah, so she was. Yeah, when she was, you know, when you say she was Betty Boop, like for a long time, there's a lot of yeah. Betty Boop there. Yeah, good work when you get it. She was. Uh, she lived a long time too. She died in 1998. Oh, 90. So, so yeah, that would have put 89. her 80 something when they made this. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was probably like 80 years old exactly. Wow. What a what a weird like. Uh, like, I know we talked about Clark's mother the other day, how she was only, like, like eight years older than him. Uh-huh. And then they have, you know, an 80-year-old Aunt Bethany bouncing around. Well, like, she she died from Alzheimer's, and I'm wondering, like, at this point, if I wonder if there's any early onset of that. But I also just wonder, like, it, I mean, we've talked about this on Indiana Jones when it for Last Crusade a little bit, too. But, like, how do you cast this part? Are Like, clueless old lady, like, doddering old lady. <laughs> Like, is, is it insulting for people to play these parts? Or do you think they, they just relish it and they love playing, like, confused ladies? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to think work is work. Uh-huh. You know, if, if for, for an actor or an actress, you know, if, if you're giving me the part, I'm taking uh-huh. it. Um, I mean, she's just just bringing up her, her IMDb. I just wanted to double check that, yeah. So this is... Uh, this was this is her last credit, nineteen eighty nine. But yeah, nineteen eighty eight, Betty Boop in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's showing three hundred and sixty three acting credits. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I, I yeah I think a little bit. Um, I think it's just work. You know, if you're if you're tall, you know, you know some some parts are just it's a part, it's a person you're acting. But if uh-huh. you're really tall, there's going to be parts that call for 
a tall person or if you're short, there's short people and, and so forth. If you're old, some parts are going to you know be specifically written for someone who's older. And if you fit the part, I guess, you know, take the work. You know. Well, I'm curious because there was that famous thing during Airplane when they were filming Airplane, and I don't remember if it was Lloyd Bridges or Robert Stack, and one of them didn't get the jokes, <laughs> and the other the other guy was like, "We're the jokes," right? And I, yeah. like, I, I wonder if how common that is when you've got much much older actors from a different era. Like, if if she's getting everything that's going on, or if she realizes, "Hey, I'm kind of the joke in this scene." Yeah, I wonder. Cause I, she, she, I was just because I was I was you know looking at her. Um, you know, at the very end, after uh, after Lewis lights his cigar and the the sewer gas blows up, and she starts singing <laughs> the you know Rockets Red Glare, and then that uh-huh. had me thinking back to when they ask her to say Grace, and she starts saying the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> as the kind of thing of yeah. Did she, did she get that? That's a good. I hadn't thought of it that way before. When you mentioned like, is she just sitting there going? All right, if they're paying me to say the Pledge of Allegiance, I'll say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> yeah. but no, I did, know. Or did she yeah. understand, like, oh, this is really funny? Or, yeah, does it does it cut a little bit too close to home when you're like, yeah. Oh. And 80 years old seemed a lot older in the 80s than it does now. And I don't know if that's just <laughs> because we were a lot younger or if people are kind of younger as they get older these days. But, I mean, in the 80s, people that I knew were 80 years old really, really seemed like old people who wouldn't have gotten a lot of this. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it's it's hard to tell because we're getting older as as time goes yeah. by. But now yeah, we're like, like, oh, that's just a couple of years away. <laughs> that, <laughs> like in the eighties, sixty was really old, and now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> now sixty yeah, that ain't that old anymore. But, uh, <laughs> now, now she was. Yeah. Now let's see, because uh, William Hickey was. Uh, when was she born again? What year was me? Nineteen oh eight. This is Robin the Cradle because William Hickey was born in 1927. Wow. So he's just always been old looking, <laughs> I guess. But Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he was, he's much younger. Yeah. Huh? And do you think these characters came out because basically everyone has a, uh, an, an Uncle Lewis or uh, uh, Aunt Bethany? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's just some like universal things. Like just, yeah, the, 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 Falling asleep on the couch, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. You know, hopefully not with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> Lighting a tree on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the family dynamics, because you could see like Ellen is, and we never quite get who whose aunt, you know, Aunt Bethany is. I assume Ellen, but you can see like Ellen's kind of tiptoeing around. And when she's, you know, wrapped up the her cat as a present, she's just uh-huh. like, oh, we'll just let it out and um, was trying to be nice. And, and then there's, you know, Lewis, who lives with this, is just, he's got no patience. You know, uh, I mean, he, he, uh-huh. he cares for Aunt Bethany. He's going to take care of her. You know, he hasn't left her or, or just kind of stuck her in her home, whatever. I mean, they're celebrating the the holiday together. But in terms of, like, her little eccentricities or whatever, you know, he lives uh-huh. with it every day. And, and he's just, he's not putting up with it. And that's, that's something I think is, like, that's a realistic kind of family dynamic. That everyone's got, you know, just kind of the, the, the aged... Uh, you know, relative, you're not sure how long they're they're going to be around. So you want to be nice and, and you'll work around if they, if they got limitations. 
And then, uh-huh. uh, and, right. and you can do that if you only see them a couple times a year, you certainly want to be accommodating and, and make the most of your time together. And then there's just the person that lives with that person who is just like, oh, I got to accommodate this. I, you know, it, this isn't a Christmas thing. She's wrapping up the cat every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, you know, our fourth I'm cat. unwrapping this kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, isn't, you know, and you know how cats like to play in boxes. Oh, yeah. So. You just, you just, <laughs> just wrap it up and yeah. <laughs> now yeah, wasn't um yeah. wasn't at least Uncle Lewis? I'm trying to think back. Wasn't Uncle Lewis in Clark's old home movie? Yeah, he. They oh both yeah, were. yeah. Was that, was that, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, so maybe it's maybe were. they're Clark's yeah. aunt and uncle. Oh, good. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Good, good call. Good, good I remember good that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't miss yeah. don't miss a William Hickey appearance. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although we we did determine that that's actually the house from was it Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie? One of those. <laughs> So he may be hallucinating that whole thing yeah. anyway. So they he, they still could be yeah, yeah her parent her, her aunt and uncle. Yeah, what was the uh, there was a there was a show on HBO that they uh they edited in all these scenes from old television shows. It was about a the guy was like middle aged but he'd grown up watching TV in the fifties. And so, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And he just all the flashbacks were just yeah, T V shows from the fifties, maybe yeah. it's this guy. Yeah. He's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we were trying to figure out where all the 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 budget went. There's a lot of stunt <laughs> stunt people in this movie. There are a lot of stunt people in this. Yeah. <laughs> like more stunt people than characters. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's interesting though. They're almost all. Men. I wonder if it's the cops. And I wonder. Oh, maybe I was just wondering if like Chevy Chase required several different <laughs> yeah. stunt people. But yeah, the cops makes because they sense. only really credit like a few cops. I think like cer- cer- yeah, certainly there's... not an entire SWAT team. <laughs> yeah, I think there's what there's two of like the the policeman and then like the one officer uh, who's kind of like the Carl Winslow of, of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess yeah, the SWAT team at the end, and then maybe the um, maybe the sledding scenes. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. That 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 can't be cheap. Um, <laughs> well, and then uh, so also speaking of credits, and where I wonder how much of that money went into. Um, and we wondered this in the beginning too. The that opening sequence, that animated sequence, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we get the the credit here, the main title animation by Croyer Films, and they've they've done some things. They did uh, they did the title animation for Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, oh. They also did uh, did some work on Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, and uh, the Tom and Jerry the movie in 1992. So I mean, oh. they're they're big time, yeah. So they, they yeah. figure those guys it's don't no joke, cheap, yeah. They melee cliquey maca. That's not cheap to license. Oh, I'm the, sure. The Bing Crosby estate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, Bing Crosby. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy don't work. No. Yeah, we we also get the credit. I think you mentioned this, Chris. The uh, there's a special thanks to the town of Breckenridge. Colorado. There it is. You mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, however much happened there or didn't happen there. <laughs> And I like we get right before that we get uh, Johnny Marks for riding Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> and I I thought I, I I thought he was a fascinating character. Huh? Yeah. So it's it, interesting. So I didn't really know. It's one of those songs. It's just kind of a standard, but but these songs come from somewhere, right? You don't you don't imagine um, someone getting paid for it. Yeah. So this this guy wrote like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you got you got Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Uh, and then rocking around the Christmas tree, yeah, a holly jolly Christmas, run Rudolph run, 
uh, recorded by Chuck Berry. This guy, like, yeah, like the the oh, <laughs> yeah. And I remember what I was going to say. He he was uh, he was Jewish, but his gig was writing Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, that was just like what he did. That was his job. Like, <laughs> yeah, born in Mount Vernon, New York, and yeah. uh, just wrote Christmas, just Christmas songs for it. Yeah, just wrote Christmas songs. Yeah, I mean that's just just to, even to get like one or two. Well, I mean, just one uh-huh. or two hit songs is a big deal, but to have so many songs all affiliated with Christmas, yeah, um, yeah. Well, what a time when That's when so people were thirsty for like new Christmas songs, you know? Like, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thank heavens we've moved on as a society. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh. I mean, is is the are we kind of is that a thing that's you know has progress stopped? Are we are we satisfied with the Christmas music we have, or or do you think there's room for more? I don't know. I mean, or is it just that the bar gets it's tougher to to come up with something new? Well, it's tough. I mean, you think of this like we regard this as like a new Christmas movie, right? <laughs> it's from 1989. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Like, is is maybe the catalog is just full? Yeah. You know, yeah. and people just are just like redoing the. And since Christmas is something that's passed along from your parents and grandparents, you, I think you tend to listen to and watch what they watch and listen to. Right. So you, you grow up, oh, like, you know, always watch The Sound of Music on Thanksgiving or always watch, you know, you grow up with these mm-hmm. things that they knew. So I think that gets passed on older generation stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it probably takes longer because you think of like, you know, pop music or like an action film. You're, the kids are just going to watch whatever action film they like and you know, mm-hmm. the the older folks or the middle-aged folks will watch stuff from the 80s and then old folks can watch World War II, whatever. But yeah, you say like something like a holiday tradition, um, it's going to get passed down. So maybe take a, a few generations before the new stuff mm-hmm. catches on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> and as Jamie, the archaeologist, pointed out, yeah, like you said, Sean, special thanks to Breckenridge, Colorado. <laughs> we'll have to, you know... Make a pilgrimage out sometime. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll broadcast live from the yeah. mountaintop. Or Let's Walmart. see if we can see the Walmart from the... Yeah. From yeah. yeah. It's funny because it's such a, a pleasant little mountain town. I, it's hard to imagine that's standing in for Chicago. It's funny. <laughs> well, that's why they put that um that graffitied up uh, bin in front of the Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a nice Chicago... Yeah. yeah. The rough it's and tumble like street. Yeah. But... Yeah, like a hot dog stand with mayonnaise or something else. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, actually, so I, I didn't want to talk too much about the credits. And if there's anything you guys want to talk about, of course, we can, can come back to it later. But, uh, you know, the the main thing I wanted to touch on as we as we wrap up the, the days of, of the holiday season and of this movie is... Um, you know, what what have we learned? What's changed? Do you feel, do you have a different outlook on... On Christmas, on Christmas movies, on Christmas vacation, you know, has what has this experience meant to you? Um, and I'll I'll start with Christopher. Okay, uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I, I think I know a lot of our stuff about Todd and Margot. Uh, you know, just made me think of like you know neighborhood dynamics, mm-hmm. and who you know who who is the villain of whose movie? You know, uh-huh. Todd and Margot is trying to make their way through the universe. And, you know, Clark is just torturing them. Or is it the other way around? It, you know, it kind of made me, seeing it like this, maybe consider each character's point of view more. Mm-hmm. That and, you know, Eddie's uh, 
you know, what was it a scheme or was it not a scheme to get Clark to buy Christmas yeah. presents for everybody? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was probably the most disturbing part. I, yeah. I had never uh, put that 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 uh, you know, that kind of sleaziness on Eddie. Well, that he, he put the he put the kids. He put uh, that he put the yeah, yeah. He put the kids. Yeah. Sue, go uh, go needle your uncle uncle uh, uncle Clark. And right. Him. Yeah. Wait. Was that more disturbing than the uh, secret torch Clark's carrying for Cousin Eddie? <laughs> well, we never got to the bottom of that uh, <laughs> that relationship. <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, and, you know, taking it in day by day and almost, you know, uh, the fact this year that the days match up kind of gives you a chance to match up your own experience. To, to what they're doing, you know, did I go Christmas shopping on this day? Did we get the tree on this day? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it kind of gave it a new lens to look at it through, I thought. So, yeah, I kind of enjoyed living it along with them. How about you? How about you guys? Well, this cemented my dislike of the holiday season. Oh. Oh, excellent! <laughs> but I, you know, it's funny because everybody thinks I'm like the De- the Debbie Downer and the the pessimist. But I actually think all you guys are the pessimists because I I one thing I dislike about the holiday season is it seems like it's a time where everybody's oh we have to be nice to each other and it's a special magical time. But I like kind of thinking every day should be like that and every day should be a wonderful magical time. And instead of someone saying hey you have to feel this certain way on these certain days of the year. Let's be nice to each other every day. Are year. you saying you wish it could be Christmas every day? Because <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. This is he's starting to sound like uh, this is the end of Scrooge, where Bill Murray's right. like, you know, you want that feeling and you want it to last all year round. Hey, yeah, except the only way to do that is to get rid of Christmas. <laughs> 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 You're so close, Pete. You're so close. <laughs> Something, something's happening somewhere for Pete. I don't know what it is or where it is. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that to think. Yeah, to have that. Yeah, the the, the spirit all year round to be to be jolly and think of your your fellow man and and wonder mm-hmm. about what's going on in the movie. That, you know that the neighbors are starring in and see it from their point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, what do you, I mean? It, this, like, Clark is a horrible human being and a horrible neighbor at Christmas time. What do you think he's like in February or April? <laughs> oh. or, like, it's just got to be horrible living next door to him. Like, it just gets worse and worse. He's, I'm sure. And there's not none of the the charm of oh, it's just the holidays, right? Like he mows his lawn and dumps it on their stoop or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're gonna like. So they'll probably Todd and Margo will run off to the Hamptons, or if there's like an equivalent on the the shores of Lake Erie or something, and they'll come home, you know, at the end of the weekend, and there'll just be a big mound of dirt in their backyard from <laughs> yeah, where uh, yeah. where Clark yeah. dug up for this pool, dug the pool out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you, Sean? Well, I I, uh, I tell you, I. I love. I mean, I love this movie to begin with. Uh, that's why I agreed to to do this podcast. And and as I've said before, I've I've seen this movie. We watch this movie every year. Uh, for Ben, it's it's been eighteen or twenty years every year at Christmas. So I, I enjoy the movie, and this process has made me love it and appreciate it even more. Uh, I didn't think it was possible, but uh, just the the, the layers um, and that we've discovered. 
before I thought, oh, this is just, it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a family comedy. It's, it's harmless. It's, it's, you know, about Christmas and family and it's amusing and it's nice. But what we've mm-hmm. really, for, for my eyes at least, unwrapped the surrealness and the, the deeper layers, kind of the, the darkness that rests underneath the surface of suburban life. Uh-huh. Um, it, it made me think of um, a, a couple of different directors. I think uh, uh, Fellini is a, <laughs> you know is an apt comparison. Um, there's a lot of David Lynch in this film. If you think of you know something like Blue Velvet. Uh, and, and some of the other things that David Lynch has done, just again that the the, the dark undercurrent that is just below the you know the, the sunny veneer of suburban life, um, and it also made me think a lot about uh, Shirley Jackson and and her writing, and uh-huh. you know she did some she did things like the some sort of supernatural suspense things like the haunting of Hill House, and you've got things. Uh, darker writing uh, in her fiction like The Lottery or We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Uh-huh. But then she also did a lot of nonfiction. She did a, a bunch of uh, short fiction. She wrote short stories for magazines. And they were pieces just on her daily life. She wrote about her children and just the experiences of being a mother and, and keeping a household. And um, her and her husband, uh, they well, he taught at a, a small college in Vermont and they kind of, so she wrote about just sort of um, the, just a rural household in a small college town and, and kids and um, sort of just funny sketches of everyday life. And at, at the time it kind of confused people. Like how can you write this, you know, these dark fiction about people murdering their families or haunted houses, or, you know, these other things. And then you write this nonfiction that's sort of, uh, the happy-go-lucky suburban life, and uh, you know, I think uh, she she talked about it, and, and as as people have, have kind of grown up with her work and kind of reconciled the differences that there those two things are not that far apart. That there is that connection. That even um, you know every uh, every light scene, there's the sort of the, the shadow just around the corner. And then all in the darkness, mm-hmm. there's always a ray of light coming up. Um, you know, every, every silver mm-hmm. lining's got a, a touch of gray sort of thing. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't before looked at this movie in, in that light, but we talk about, you know, we talked about coworker Bill, you know, is he from HR? Does he know, <laughs> you know when he's needling, <laughs> Clark about, you know, what are you going to do with that big check? Does he know there's no big check coming? Um, and, you know, we talk about uh, Todd and Margot and, and, you know, how, how do all these events look from their point of view or are things that I hadn't considered before. So uh, it's really completely revolutionized my outlook on this movie. And it's you just blown my mind. I mean, this mm-hmm. this has gone, in, in my eyes, gone from a light sort of, you know, family holiday tradition sort of movie a, a light comedy to um you know a very serious movie i think there's some very serious some some deep themes uh in terms of humanity and just sort of uh you know what it what it means to be a father or a mother or you know have a family what it means to have tradition and and be a part of a society and uh you know have a crazy cousin who kidnaps your boss and um, I think those are, you know, universal themes that we can all relate to. So uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this process and it really has made me appreciate 
this movie uh, more than ever. There it is. Wow. Yeah. We want to go again, Pete? I want to change my answer <laughs> <You> now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. Sorry. You only get one chance. Uh, no, I know, yeah, I know if that's, you know, if that sparks anything and, and you guys certainly. I think. No. No, I, I can't. Uh, the one thing you made me think of, though, is how it, the movie hits you differently as you grow up with it. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. now, now that I have, have kids, it hits me a different way than it hit me when I was just Rusty's age watching it, you know? And, uh, right. And I, th- I think you, you've mentioned that before, Chris. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Just with, with, with this, and I guess just with the kind of movies that you watch over and over again throughout your life, that yeah, as, in different stages of your life, you're going to be relating to different characters and seeing things from different. Huh? Yeah. So do you, so well, is this going to affect? Does this affect kind of you know in relation to your children, how you handle the holidays? Are you thinking you know, you know maybe you maybe you have something that you like? Oh, this is you insist like this is their tradition. We've always done it. I did it with my parents, and now you know you kids, you're going to do this with me because it's what we do. And then you know now do you think? Oh, am I you know. Am I pulling a Clark? Am I channeling my inner Clark Griswold? And, you know, will will this affect kind of how you behave? I guess so. I mean, in some ways, I see myself going down that path already. Like, you know, when I set up the lights outside, you know, mm-hmm. you want to wow. You want to have the kids come and go, wow, you know? So you kind of yeah. overdo it. And then I imagine as you go through year by year, you overdo it more and more every year. You know, you get mm-hmm. bigger, you get crazier. And, uh, you know, I see that happening and – you know, it's with with you know the kids my age, the kids my the kids of what I'm trying to say, the age that my kids are at, it's um they're at the age where like if, if something doesn't uh, fly with them, it just they just won't even acknowledge it. You know, so luckily I'm not like I don't have any like my daughter is gonna be uh you know she, she's gonna be five. You know she's not she's not grumbling like uh, Audrey. Mm-hmm. Not, not, you know, a little bit, yeah. yeah she's kind yeah. of kind of got the attitude a little bit now, but you know not too much. But you know I could see it as it as it continues, and I think that Clark, you know Clark's kids are are teens, so maybe he's trying to like you know hold on to some of the stuff he did with them when they were bright eyed young kids. You know what I mean? You know yeah, what I'm trying to say. Right. So, but I think you know. We all we all learn from Clark's, you know. We can watch Clark as a cautionary tale of pushing things too far, <laughs> and then just realize that when we're doing it, I guess. Well, there it is. That's yeah, a good, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. Laid it out. I, I think Sean's thing is better, but we'll, <laughs> we'll switch it around. <laughs> well, great. You guys have any closing thoughts on the movie or on the holidays in general? Well, I think I would just close with the, the the closing lines of the film. You know, the the last line that Clark says, just, "I did it." <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, we we did it. We 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 covered a film one day at a time. Right, we did. I I feel like Clark's confessing to a murder or something <laughs> when he says that at the end. So I, I, like, yeah. the cops are still there, just out of frame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the like the lighting on its face, it's just, I did it. It's like you know, it's like the end. Of... <laughs> did, did he do it though? Do you guys think he he did what he set out to accomplish to do? However, however it came about. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah. he did. He's he sowed a lot of chaos. Yeah. He was very fortunate that cousin Eddie showed up to imagine, save the day. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'd give no? him credit. Perhaps not surprisingly. <laughs> you haven't. You haven't yet. Why start now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be no Christmas miracle here. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know we we never did oh, come up yeah. with a closing. So. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. <laughs> no sense of starting now. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. All right. So so Pete. If people want to hear more from you and, and possibly listen to you uh, analyze a movie you like, <laughs> where can they do that? Find me on any non-holiday related <laughs> podcast, but especially Indiana Jones Minute, where we talk about several movies that I adore, the movies involving Indiana Jones one minute at a time. How about you, Christopher? Well, if you want to hear a lot of me, you just start this thing over again from day zero <laughs> is the best place. But otherwise, um, I, I try to pop up on, uh, on, on shows that I, I really like. And if, if, you know, if they, if they actually ask me to, or I just force my way in, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is, this is really it for, uh, for where you can hear me. You know, if you want to see what I'm, what I'm up to, you find me on Facebook, you go to, uh, friends of org. And uh, you see, you see what I'm doing. How about you, yeah. Sean? All right. Well, uh, yeah, you can find me right here at National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Um, and if you uh, if you checked out our website, which is groundhogminute.com, well, you just hang out there for a couple months, and then uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take down the lights, and we'll put up the the groundhog lights. <laughs> we'll put up the big inflatable groundhog on the on the lawn. And uh, coming spring 2018, I'll be doing uh, Groundhog Minute, where we cover the movie Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. And that'll be with uh, with our buddy Dave Palace, who uh, who stopped by. So uh, you'll get to hear more of him as well. And then I'll also do the weekly thing at Five Minutes of Mime. So you can... Uh, you can hear that if you're you're so inclined. You should, every, everybody should definitely check out Five Minutes of Mime. It mm-hmm. is perhaps my favorite thing in podcast land. You listen closely. All right. Well, I guess so. That's that's it. That's it for Christmas and Christmas vacation. That's, that's it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> happy January, everybody. We finally, we finally <laughs> we got, got them to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta saw the bottom off of this stupid Christmas tree and put it out for the trash. Oh. (laughs) 